0: Hello and welcome to The Guest Cast, the podcast where we explore guest stories from real people and look at how even the briefest interaction with hospitality while traveling can have a profound effect on a guest's whole life. This podcast is brought to you by TouchStay Digital Guidebooks. As guest happiness fanatics, we want to dig into real life guest experiences and learn about what really makes guests happy and what doesn't, hopefully picking up some great tips of vacation rental professionals along the way. So join us each fortnight as your hosts Andy and Tayan chat to guests from around the globe about their travel experiences. Introducing said hosts.
1: Hi, my name's Andy. I'm the CEO here at Touchday. We started Touchday to improve guest experiences so having a podcast in which we get to hear from real guests is something I'm personally very excited about.
2: Hi friends, I'm Tyann Marcink-Hammond and I am a vacation rental industry leader, educator, longtime host, owner, property manager, and investor, as well as the community ambassador for Touchday Digital Guidebooks. So
0: pack your bags and get ready for
2: this week's guest. Welcome to the next episode of The Guest Cast. And today we have Jasper Rivers.
1: Jasper welcome. Uh, You are somebody that uh, a lot of people have heard of because I don't want to age you but um, you've been around a long time (laughs) in the best possible sense. You're an experienced person in this industry that's the way to phrase it Um, and, and as people know who have been listening to our podcast we're usually interviewing not industry people but guests because we want the real guest experience but occasionally we drop in an industry expert and someone who's also got a guest perspective and I know that you have a strong guest perspective because you do do a lot of traveling so welcome to the show um let us know a little bit more about yourself for those who don't know
3: yeah yeah I appreciate uh appreciate the invite uh excited to to share my experiences uh I I came across Airbnb in 2011 so that's pretty much like 10 years ago and I first stayed in an Airbnb, uh, which was a, a really interesting experience. And uh, at the time, I, was, uh, I had an apartment in Amsterdam that I was renting out to long-term uh, renters. But I had some concerns around that. Uh, number one, I was never able to stay at my own place because I, w- I was already full-time traveling. I was a digital, digital nomad.
1: Yeah, way before it became fashionable to be so.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I remember still uh, the first time I, I met somebody who was actually doing it full time for me, it was more in the beginning It was more like a, a break from from my job. Um, but then I met some people who were actually doing this full time and they're working on their laptop. So that was a completely new concept to me. But that, that's what I ended up doing uh, pretty much for for a decade now. Um, although I have li- I had lived in Barcelona for two years, but pretty much I've been traveling around the world. Stayed at over uh, over sixty, maybe seventy Airbnbs along the way, but yeah, that's how I got started. I started renting out my uh, my apartment in Amsterdam back in 2012. Um, like I mentioned, I, I was concerned with the long term tenants that I could never stay at my own place, and you know, it's uh, you kind of lose control of your of your house a little bit um, depending on where you are in the laws. But in Holland, it's really you know, if somebody stays at your home and they, they don't want to leave, then you're pretty much kind of stuck with them. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I tried it out 2012 uh, and soon enough, I was making enough money so that I could support myself traveling around the world. Um, so I didn't need to go back to a full-time job and uh, I thought that was pretty awesome. So I decided to write a book about it, Get Paid for Your Pad and started a podcast as well in 2014. And, you know, as they say, the rest of history.
1: Yeah, 2014, you started that podcast, and I think you have what 400, 400 and something episodes.
3: Yeah, we just, uh, you and I just recorded episode number
1: 438, I think. So, yeah. That that that's amazing, considering that we're on episode number, I forget which one this will be, but maybe a dozen. So, uh, yeah, we're 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 looking forward to being in that space soon, Jasper. 400, amazing. Um, and and get paid for your pad. That still exists for people that, that don't know, right? Even even though you you have something else you do with Eric Moller, which is around short-term rental legends. Maybe you could talk about a bit about the difference between those two.
3: Yeah, for sure. So um, a couple of years ago, I, I partnered with uh, with Eric. Um, he was doing some education in the space. I was doing some, some stuff in the space. And we just... Uh, we just realized that together we'd be, we could have a bigger impact. So we started a couple of things. Number one is uh, the Short-Term Rental Profit Academy, which is a starter course for anybody who wants to get started with Airbnb. Number two, there's uh, the Legends X Accelerator, which is meant for, it's a 90 day program for people that want to scale up. And then um, and then we have the Mastermind, which is really for established uh, short-term rental operators that run at least 25 units. So. You know, we're, we're trying to be a one-stop shop for anybody who wants uh, to educate themselves on, on short-term rentals, essentially.
1: Fantastic. I, I hadn't really realized it in those three steps. So um, thank you. Great. Well, that that that's your cred, so to speak, in terms of the industry. But we're not really here to talk about you as an industry person, but uh, more you as a, as a guest. So having stayed in those 60 plus Airbnbs, I appreciate some of them will, be, have, will have been for months at a time, given that you were working whilst you were doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what 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 can you tell us? What what story do you bring to the table today?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it's it's a lot of experiences. Um, so there's you know a lot of different uh, directions where we can take it, but you know, I would say you know from staying in all these different places, um, what I really noticed is that there's a there's a very large uh, spectrum when it comes to how how people host and how professional they are in their in their hosting, right? I've I've seen it pretty much all, like all the way from literally arriving at an Airbnb with you know almost zero information, um, and really being on the street and taking like an hour to figure out where the Airbnb is without being able to contact the host and just a an address that's that's all I had an address that I just couldn't find it. Um, so I've experienced that all the way from you know. Being picked up by the host at the airport uh, as a surprise, um, to just having like really incredible, incredible experiences. But I'd say, um, you know, I, I'd say the, the the biggest thing that that I notice is there's kind of like two types of hosts. There's the host who is just focused on, hey, I've got this, I've got this space. Let me rent this space out. Right. Let me give people access to my space, and they don't really think beyond um, just providing the accommodation. And then there's the host who understands that they're not just providing a space, but they're they're creating a, an experience. Right. They're they're kind of uh, facilitating an, an experience for for the traveler, and they really think about you know where where is this person traveling from who is this person right what what does this person need and and they really think about that and then they create the experience around around that if that makes sense does that make sense
2: it makes perfect sense and I've already written down some questions for after your story so I want to hear more about your story and then let's delve into the reasons why that story has really hit you
3: yeah so a couple things come to mind like one one story that comes to mind is when i stayed at an airbnb in singapore um and you know it was a it's a 12 hour flight from amsterdam I was flying flying out from amsterdam 12 hour flight uh i think i arrived like super early in the morning didn't really sleep a lot and you know the when you have such a long journey and you're tired, all you want is just a smooth checking experience. You just want to walk into the apartment, drop your bags, take a shower, take a nap, you know, just settle in. Right. And your brain is just not really working because you haven't slept. So you're not in a position to really figure things out. And what what this host did is he had like the most detailed, comprehensive, check-in instructions I've ever seen. Like it, it, was, it was so detailed um, that, uh, you know, before I even got in the plane, I could already visualize the entire check-in experience. Because there was pictures with, literally with numbered bullet points instructions of like, hey, here's the picture of the home. Here's the fence. Here's how you open the fence. Here's, here's where you walk next. Here's what the lockbox is. You know, here's how you open the lockbox. Then you turn left, and here's the elevator. Here's a picture of the elevator. This is the button that you press. Then, when you walk out of the elevator, you know, you, you turn right. This is what the hallway looks like. This is what the door looks like. Like, it was so detailed that it, it really made my not just a check in uh, comfortable and, and enjoyable, it made the whole plane ride, like the whole travel experience became became more enjoyable for me because I knew. I don't have to worry about anything when I arrive. I just, I, I really know exactly what I need to do. Um, and so that just, that just struck me. I was like, wow, you, you can't go too far in providing, you know, clear instructions to, to your guests. That's, that's kind of the big takeaway that I had.
1: I remember listening to you talking on a podcast in one of your early ones about a similar kind of experience where a host would use a video to walk you through the airport. And then, or it might have even been something that you suggested, maybe inspired by that, that Singapore trip. And it reminds me that, that hospitality isn't always about those obvious things, which is, you know, providing a gift on arrival or, you know, a concierge this or something. It's very often about just making sure the guest has nuts and bolts what to do when they arrive. You know, that very mechanical process is, is as much about hospitality as providing some beautiful one-off concierge experience. Um, that really struck me about that story secondly is you remembered it so mm-hmm. what a, what a what a branding moment for 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 that business that you remember them for forever for that amazing check-in experience
3: yeah exactly and and that's the interesting thing right because you know having stayed at like 60 70 airbnbs um what i often do to make to create my my own hosting experience and to make it better is i think back and ask myself like hey what are the experiences that i remember and why did i remember it Because it has to be something outstanding if you're going to remember it out of like 70 experiences in one year, uh, 10 years, right? Totally. Totally. So
2: Jasper, the the instructions you received. We get a lot of questions from folks saying, when do I send check-in instructions? And I see a lot of folks say, well, I send them the day of or the day before. But in this instance, I can tell your host actually sent the instructions well ahead of time enough that you were able to look through the check-in and know what's going to happen even before you boarded a 12-hour flight, which of course, then you prepped for way before then. So when, what was the timing of sending those check-in instructions to you?
3: They were sent the moment, pretty much the moment that I booked, which and I didn't book very far out in advance, so I don't know if if this host always sends those instructions right away. Um, But what I what I enjoy most is, you know, like you mentioned, when you I like to have all information right after I book because I like to look forward to stuff. You know, I for me like a travel experience is like part of it is just looking forward to it. So having all that information allows me to kind of start looking forward to it, visualizing what it's going to be like. Um, but then also, and I think you mentioned this, you know, just kind of resending the most important details a couple of days before, I think is, uh, is really useful too.
2: Okay. So I wrote down a question way early on in this interview and I, I think it's a really key one. And I want to ask you, you mentioned there is a very big spectrum of professional hosts or professionalism, what, what hosts are doing. So I'm curious, what do you deem as those markers for professionalism?
3: Yeah, I'd say number one is uh, what we just talked about, like, you know, providing all the information that, uh, that somebody needs. Um, and then I say, you know, number two is just, uh, just the listing as well, right? Like how accurate is the listing? Um, are the, the, do the photos contain like all the information that you need in order to book a space? Like, I've looked at so many Airbnb listings where I'd look at the photos and I don't know about you guys, but the way that I book an Airbnb is I have a few, I have a few boxes that I want to tick off. Number one, I want to make sure that there's fast Wi-Fi because otherwise I can't work. Number two, I, I want to see the bed where I'm going to sleep. Cause I want to see, you know, like sleep is really important for me. So I want to see like, Hey, can I, can I black out the light? Does this look like a comfortable bed? You know? So that's a, that's something that I look at. And then um, I guess those are really the mo- most, important things, but then also a kitchen. I like to cook. So I want to see if I, I want to make sure that there's a not just a kitchen, but there also there's enough pots and pans. Cause that's another thing that I, that I really noticed huge differences um, is um, you know, you got as a host, you got to think about what does your guest need, right? So if you're a host who never cooks, you might not have a lot of pots and pans and cooking utensils and, you know, like, but, but I really need those. Cause, cause I want, I want to cook. That's one of the reasons that I'm staying in an Airbnb, right? So, you know, that's, that's something that I look for as well. So I think, um, I think the, yeah, sort of the, the benchmark for what I think is a professional host is at a minimum just have like a comprehensive listing that shows, you know, that shows all the spaces and that shows everything that's available. Number two is, you know, the information being, uh, receiving all the all the information that you need beforehand. Um, number three, is, I would say, you know, the host being responsive. So if, if I ask a question, I'm expecting like an answer within like a few hours and not, you know, the next day or two days later, what some, sometimes happens as well. Um, And then I think uh, number four is just, you know, when you arrive at the listing, like, is, is this like, uh, this, is this, is this set up to really receive travelers? Or is this, is this set up for somebody to live in? If that makes sense?
2: It does. So which one of those do you say is the more professional set up for guests or set up to live in?
3: Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, uh, it should be set up for guests, right? I think you know. Obviously, it's it's cool to to stay at somebody's home and 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 to see some you know some some personal items or you know get to know the host a little bit through you know looking at like what books is this person reading and um, you know what kind of art is on the wall or like things like that. I think it makes the makes the experience enriches the experience if you get to learn a little bit about the host through what you're seeing in the in the space. But at the end of the day, like I, I think the the you know your, the space has to be uh, has to be prepared to to cater to the needs of the traveler. In my opinion,
1: mm. yeah, it's a good call. It, it's basically saying what you were saying earlier that that what you think you need in your home is very different from what a range of guests might need coming to stay in your home. I I wanted to explore a little bit um, the geographical differences that you found. Um, given that you've travelled to many parts of the world and clearly have stayed in Airbnbs in all of those places, have you found that there are um, some countries that do this better, just because culturally they're more oriented towards experience, or does it not? Is, it not is, there no, is there no difference? They're all either good or bad or in between.
3: Well, I would say typically, you know, the most the most professional stays that I've seen is I would say it's mostly. You know, United of North America, Europe, Australia, but um, it doesn't mean that like in other places, like it's not professional. I just guess that um, I think Airbnb is kind of you know being around in those in those markets uh, for longer. Um, so you know, there I think there's a learning curve, you know, when it comes to hosting, not just on the individual level, but also on the on the broader level. Um, but another thing I, I've noticed is you know like in south america or central america the host might not be as professional but they they have hospitality in their blood right like Mika, casa su casa right so the that makes up um, you know for for any you know lack of professionalism like a lot of a lot of times i've stayed in like, countries like brazil and you know colombia and, and and you know other countries in south america where Yeah. I, I, you know, I I would think, okay, well, you know, there's no bottle opener, you know, I get I buy a bottle of wine and I can't open it, you know, things like that. You run into things like that, but then like the, the host like picks me up at the airport and is like the, you know, just the most welcoming person I've ever met. Right. So that's, that's a big, that's a big factor as well. Right.
2: I think the, what strikes me, and especially as you gave me your list of what you view as professional Every most of the things you've said are very practical, they're very logistic, they're very factual. Whereas traveling and the experience, too, is that other part you just mentioned is the emotional and the experiential, um, which your host in Brazil hit on. So, you know, when the when you listeners. Listen, you know, you you do need to go beyond the practical, logistical, uh, factual things because travel is an experience, and and remember where you are because there are such culture differences, and to be able to embrace the cultural differences as well.
3: Yeah, that's a really good point. And as you're as you're saying that, I realize that uh, I am more of a almost like a business traveler now, where I used to be more of a cultural traveler. So I think that's also something that you have to. Think about as a host is like you know who's my who's my guest avatar like who's uh who's gonna who's that person that's staying at my places and what kind of level of interaction and uh you know personal touch is that person looking for like for example like you know like 10 9 8 years ago i wasn't i, I wasn't really working i mean i was i was doing you know i was writing the book and you know i was doing stuff but i had a lot of free time so I was more like traveling as a you know for to learn the culture. So I was really looking for that personal experience. I always wanted to hang out with the host, you know, get to know the host and and really make friends with them, versus now, you know, me and Eric are are pretty busy running, you know, two different companies the educational company with, you know, the things that I mentioned, but also we, we, you know, we, we are building our own hospitality brand as well. So right now I'm just, I'm just so busy that now I'm really focused on like, I just want to, I want to have all the information. I want to have a smooth experience. I don't have time to like figure everything out any fast internet. I just need to arrive, be able to put down my laptop and, and get to work. You know, I'm less interested, I guess, in, in that, uh, in getting to know the, the, the host, which sounds a bit horrible, but <laughs> no,
2: it's not horrible, but it makes a really good point that we all need to remember. We're all different. All the guests are different. And if we were all the same, life would be boring. So it, you know, it really drives home the fact that we as hosts and managers, owners, we need to make sure that we know exactly who that target guest is and what they need, as you said earlier, you've got to know what your guest needs. And part of that is knowing, is it a business traveler? Is it a digital nomad coming for not just business, but traveling experiences as well? Or is it um, a couple going on a honeymoon or a family with a family reunion? It's such a different experience for each of those and different needs for each of those.
1: Yeah, And, and it's funny, you could actually be both personas in one stay, especially these days you know, where you yeah. you might be traveling with your family, but you need a space to work because Hey, you can work from anywhere. Um, so I think that's interesting is to think about your space and your target guest persona as, 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 as multifaceted, you know, it's no longer this person is coming to stay for business. It can be a bit of everything.
3: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm actually staying uh, with one of our students in Mexico city two weeks from now. And, uh, you know, that's kind of it's interesting that you say like, hey, we can we can go back, you know, and switch between those ghost guest avatars because that's uh, that stay is going to be over to over uh, a few days where, uh, you know, I'm planning to kind of take off. So that stay is going to be very different mm. for me than my regular stay.
1: Mm. If you will. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I also just wanted to go back to that point you were making time about. Jasper seems to be very functional in his needs and then Jasper weaving in that story about the the Brazilian stay and then it becoming very emotive. Um, what, what What I used to notice many years ago when I stayed at places was you very often didn't have the pots and pans or the sharp knives and stuff like that you might have had this weird mural on the wall you know it was always a bit quirky but it was also more exciting it was more interesting and that quirkiness was part of the appeal and now I don't worry, but I do think we're drifting more towards the very functional and making it a very, um, how do you say, sanitized process, staying there. And, and I hope we don't lose that that quirkiness, that mural on the wall, that, that funkiness, because I think that's what ultimately will set this industry, um, well, it will, it's what set this industry apart, but it will be a strength of this industry when you go and compare it to, to the Hilton, et cetera. You, you and I were talking, Jasper, on the podcast that we did, um, the one I was on of yours, um, about this, 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 this very subject. Um, and, uh, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it, it, it is interesting how the future is going to be, but I really hope the future is going to be that this industry retains that quirkiness because that, that's ultimately the strength.
3: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in the end of the day, you know, we want to, we want to provide a professional experience, but we also want to make it unique. Right. So it, essentially, eventually it comes, it comes down to the, to the, those two things. I think, you know, how do we, how do we stay unique? While at the same time, also, you know, upping our game when it comes to, you know, our professionalism.
2: Yeah. Part of that is providing those check-in instructions, as you said, and that communication. Because I mean, even my own husband and I, we when we travel, he's a very different traveler than I am. And I totally trust the host. I'm like, ah, oh, the process will happen. We'll get it when we get it. And he's the type of person that says, where, where again, are we sleeping tonight? Oh, my friend Holly will take care of us. She sent an email. I'll, I'll read it later. I think it's, you know, her friend bears back room and we have to stop at a certain grocery store two hours out and get whiskey and coffee. It's not a big deal. And his brain is exploding. Like, oh my gosh, we're going into Yosemite with no Wi-Fi and you don't know where we're going or what we're doing. So yeah. we we don't know those types. Of, and we know are generally our target guests coming into our area, but also remembering that each person, each guest is made up very differently. And it could be not the person you're dealing with. You got to make sure you provided the type of communication, every type of personality needs so that it's there if and when they are ready for it.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, <clears throat> It's, it's really, it's really interesting, you know, because, because people are so different. Um, and, but at the same time, we're also looking for similar things, but yeah, I mean, it's, we all experience things differently. Right. So I'm, I'm probably going to be more, you know, similar to your husband, um, personally, but, uh, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, we're all very different.
1: And, and what about Jasper, the, 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 um, the, the younger generation coming in now? Cause these, these are the people that that have, grown up where airbnb is a household name to them Um, but also a lot of them won't have yet stayed in an airbnb so there's that expectation versus reality thing like they see this glossy shiny modern brand and then Mm -hmm. ultimately they're staying with lots of individual i want to say the word amateur i mean it in the best possible sense they're very professional but they're they're also individuals who don't have the hotel experience you know the big hospitality experience they're doing it on a more personal level which has its strengths like we've said Um, what do you think of like, do, do, do you think that that younger generation are in for a shock when they come and stay in places like, you know, the, the ones that we've been staying in? Or what do you think that's what they're looking for, this kind of this quirkiness?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we're, I'm, I'm seeing like we and we discussed this on, on the podcast that we did together. I, I'm seeing a lot of uh, new people starting to use Airbnb. Um, I'm also seeing a lot of younger people using Airbnb. And you know, I think you make a really good point. Like when you look at Airbnb as a brand and as a, as even the website, the design, like two two of the three founders of Airbnb are uh, industrial engineers, I believe. They're they they have a a really good eye for design. So I, I think that's one of the reasons why Airbnb became the market leader in the, in this space is because it just, the website looks good. You know, it's the design, the user interface is, is very, very modern, right. It's very in, innovative, I would say. And so, yeah, I could totally see when, you know, younger people obviously used to that. Um, so if you're, if you're having that experience on the website and then, you know, you book a, you book an Airbnb and you get like uh, an email with like, you know, two pages of of text with no formatting and you no know, zero design on it. I can, I can definitely see how that could be a bit of a, a shocker, right? Where it's like, oh my God, like I'm not gonna read all this stuff. Like, you know, can not they just send me a video? <laughs> so. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's something that, uh, that is, is a trend, you know. Um, I think people, people's attention spans are shortening. People are becoming more, especially the younger generations, they're more visually. They like to consume information, you know, visually through YouTube and videos and pictures and clear guidelines, not, not a lot of text, um, big letters, small paragraphs. You know, even if you, I don't know if you guys um, sign up to a lot of email newsletters, but if you, if you look at like the best copywriters and, you know, I write emails myself to our email list. So I'm always looking to learn more about how do we write good copy. And the trend is very much towards bigger fonts, smaller paragraphs. Like oftentimes I see that the best copywriters in the world are now, the, the, the paragraphs are a maximum of two or three lines. Some of them even like two lines is the maximum, you know, so they're very, very short. So it's almost like, you know, every time you, you you read one line and then you see the next line and you think, okay, well, it's only one more line, so I'll read the next line. And then it's almost like every line is, is kind of optimized for you to, to go to the next one, right? Whereas if you see a paragraph with like five lines, then your brain might just look at that and think, oh, that's too much, right? And then you just jump to the next email.
2: It makes me happy to finally see it because I was trained this way 25 years ago in college when writing journalism for a newspaper. So when you're looking at newspaper columns, that's exactly what it was. You didn't do more than two sentences per paragraph and you had a whole funnel the way that you gave the information. And it's great to see online finally catching up to that as well.
3: Yeah, and for anybody who's listening, if you're hosting and you wanna create more easily digestible writing, there's a really good app called uh, Hemingway app. I don't know if you guys heard of it.
2: I know Hemingway, so, and I toured his house, but I don't know the app.
3: <laughs> yeah, so there's an app. It's a free tool. It's called Hemingway app, and basically what it does is you can write your copy in the app online, and it's gonna it's gonna tell you exactly how easy it is to read. It gives you a grade, um, and and then basically what you can do is you can you can use that app. It'll, it'll make certain sentences, you know, a different color and stuff and gives you and it gives you like uh, advice on how to make the sentence better. Um, and that way you can create like very, very easy to read digestible, easily digestible uh, copy. So I always recommend Airbnb hosts, you know, use that app for your, to write your profile, to write your descriptions, write any any communications that you send to your guests. Make sure it's, uh, you know, it's super easy to read.
1: Yeah, I, I I like I like what you were saying there, Jasper. Especially the the bit about how you use it in your emails, because I subscribe to your emails, and, and if anyone doesn't, uh, go check them out. Because I found lessons and values that I take away from some of your emails, even though they're written for Airbnb hosts and managers, of which I'm not one. I take some of those those nuggets of wisdom you have um, and apply them to other parts of my my life. But um, you write them in that same format, like two 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 sentences, and. It's easy for me to, to go down the email without my brain getting a bit tired with a long break of text. The, the challenge, I think, with the Airbnb descriptions, we keep saying Airbnb, but any any OTA, any, any listing site description is you you need also to have that detail for those who want to know, is, is this bed like a double bed? And is it, like you said, does it have blackout curtains or whatever? So the challenge there, I think, is to try and get the, the first bits of copy, you know, really short and succinct and like, you know, really capture what it is that, that's unique about staying with you. And then just don't be scared to write, you know, full details of all the different rooms are below Mm -hmm. if you want to read them, you know, so signpost the guest to that. Um, But but break it up, Um, because I do think that's one of the, you you know, that's going back to the point of the question was, you know, there's so many younger people coming into this industry now. And I don't even think it's the young thing. It's not necessarily the domain of the young thing. It's just all of us are a bit tired with, with information. You know, there's so many things in my inbox. I'm sure there are in everyone's inbox. It's like, how, how, how do I open up every email very quickly and understand whether it's right for me or not? And the only way you can do that is to optimize what you're writing. So I think, I think it's, um, yeah, it's a really, really great tip.
3: Yeah, and I think you're right. It's, you know, I, I say the younger generation, but it's, uh, we're all shifting in that direction. You know, like I, I think if I look at myself and I, you know, I used to read a lot of books, right? I don't read a lot of books anymore. I mean, we Eric and I still encourage each other to read books to learn, but I used to, I used to write, read books all the time, you know, just, just novels, just, just for fun, right? For entertainment purposes. Whereas now, like, I, I don't really do that anymore because now there is like, you know, there's Netflix, there's my iPad, there's like, there's so many, other forms of entertainment um so yeah, i think you're right it's not just it's not it's it's most obvious i think in the younger generations but uh but you're right we're all we're all moving in that direction
1: jasper thank you it's been great having you on the podcast um as usual um some interesting stories as well as some wise words um mm-hmm. and we, appre- we appreciate you flipping your own persona now from from um you know business person to thinking through the lens of a, of a guest so um thank you for that yeah yeah you're welcome thanks
3: for the thanks for the insight
2: we appreciate everybody listening and make sure you follow jasper's podcast get paid for your pod follow our podcast the guest cast and be sure to leave us both a review i think um we i know we really appreciate you all's feedback and if you've got a travel story you want to share with us please do email us and we'll see you later
0: maybe you have a travel or hospitality story you'd like to share on the guest cast if you do Head to touchday.com forward slash podcast and send us a brief outline of your story. And as always, remember to subscribe to The Guest Cast on your favorite podcast app, leave us a five-star review, and say hello on our social media at Touchday Welcome. This podcast was brought to you by Touchday Digital Guidebooks. Learn more about how Touchday can help make your guests happier at touchday.com.